0: All right, guys, you have just become a character in the James Bond franchise. Who are you? And most importantly, what is your name
1: that, of course, is somewhat innuendo- innuendo-y? I have been a member of James's entourage for decades. I'm a small part in the machine that keeps him looking top-notch. He does a lot of running, and someone has to keep those feet fresh and clean. The name's Curington. Petty Curington. Wow.
2: All right, uh, I've been working at M16 for uh, just about a year now. I'm kind of new here. Uh, I was initially hired because a lot of the women here have just been complaining about certain sexual advances. So, hi. Uh, I'm I'm the new head of HR, and the name's Inurendo, Johnson Inurendo. And I'm not sure why people are so uncomfortable around me. I'm an open book. Come in. You can come to me with all your problems.
0: And, of course, at M16. Yeah. All makes sense. M16. M16. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I would obviously have to be, um, you know, the next nemesis here. Uh, I'm obviously a super supervillian. yes, a super, villain. Yes, yeah. a super villain. I'm a super villain. and of course, uh, you know, I'm probably Eastern European, something like that, Romania, Albania, something, something that ends with an ania, but... Uh, WrestleMania? WrestleMania. I'm from WrestleMania. I'm from Transylvania. I'm Dracula. And... Uh, Don't know what my plan is yet, but my name, of course, has to be, you know, when you think about Bond names, you got to have something that it's a little menacing, but at the same time, it's like a little bit ridiculous. So I would probably be, you know, good old Lyle Longshaft
2: would be my name (laughs) right here. Who won that, guys? I don't know. I don't know. We all won.
1: We all
0: won that. I'd have to. I'm definitely giving some points to Petty Curington just because <laughs> of one how absolutely. I cringed when I heard it, but I was like, "That's good. That's still good." Let's put a point number on it. Uh, you know, I'll give that three points. I'll give okay. that three points. What about? I, I did. I, I got. I got a good laugh out of uh, Johnson Inurendo. Out of Johnson in as well. Um M16 also got me a little laugh. Don't know how uh, don't know how intentional
1: that one was, but
0: you know, I'm going to give Mr. Innuendo. you know, I'll give him 2 points for
1: okay. that one. Nice. And uh Lyle Longshaft you make me very uncomfortable.
0: Good. That was the whole point of that. See, here's the thing though. These Bond villains, they're usually not the ones with the innuendo-y names, you know? It's usually some sort of ancillary character, but the problem is because I know that I would be a supervillain I still got a super villain, of course. Um, You know, I I still got a it it would typically be more menacing, I think. But, you know,
1: we'll give you three points.
2: All right. I'll give you two
1: of those three. Sure. Or on top of it on top, because I really only wanted to give him one. We'll call it three (laughs) guys.
0: Give me whatever points you think I deserve. But it sounds like if that's two and that's three. I'm, I'm just doing math. That sounds like
1: five to me. That sounds like five. I'll give you five. Well, In addition to his two. Well played. <laughs> well played, long shaft. I do what I can <laughs> well played. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From Under a Rock, the podcast dedicated to taking you out from under the proverbial rock on movies you should have seen by now. I am your host, Michael Ornellis. Zarita. Stevens Arena I Don't okay. Jones. Don't
0: just Jones.
1: No, that's not your name. <laughs> Welcome, Jones. Shade, call me Jones. Shay Jones. Shay
0: Jones. It is Shay Jones.
1: Uh, and this week, uh, we watched GoldenEye
2: Eye. <laughs> 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 no, let's just
1: let's do the whole song. Let's do the whole score. Of the movie? Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're, we'll, we'll turn it on in the background and just watch it. Yeah. Pause. Do a little piece. Dun, dun,
1: dun, watch it. Because we don't dun. know it all at the yeah, time. We, right? we, we can only do review. it in chunks.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, It's worth noting, I'm the one who hasn't seen this. I, have only, I haven't seen most of the Bond movies. I've only seen the last two, which are Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Skyfall. So, Which let me
0: just start right there. Starting with Quantum of Solace is not something that I recommend for someone trying to get into the Bond movies.
2: But at the same time, I didn't have anything to compare it to. This so is I true. was like this is true. He stopped I mean, I, I kinda get like the legacy of the Bond films mm-hmm. and I I know, you know, from a lot of the video games, like cool gadgets. Oh, there's no cool gadgets in this movie. Uh and stuff like that. And like, oh the Bond girl, oh, spoiler, she dies like in the middle, and it was like you know. But at the same, but I, I don't know. I get that it's not as good, but I wasn't as disappointed because I didn't have anything to compare it to.
0: Yeah, you can definitely say that the more recent Bond movies have lost some of that campy edge that uh, some of the you know late '80s, early '90s Bond movies had. Um, and to me, that's something that's really defining in the Bond franchise is that kind of campy feeling. Like you were ma- you were mentioning the gadgets and. And you know, all the bad one liners and, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, well, Daniel Craig's just too badass. That is true. I, you know, don't get me wrong, I definitely like this new, harder bond.
1: Oh, he's so hard, he's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, he uh, uh, it may be controversial to say. Daniel Craig's my favorite bond. Oh, and yeah, he's controversial. Bond movie, so. He's He's definitely, I think, the best uh action
0: hero bond right for sure when you know when you look at all the rest of them and of course sorry steven because i realize that you haven't seen the rest Go of for them it. but you know you
2: spoil whatever you need to say
0: no no i'm just saying though you know craig definitely has that that harder edge to him where and you know you look at it's just rock hard yeah you look at brosnan and more and you know
1: i think uh brosnan's underrated in terms of being uh a good action star. Well, Brosnan is, but the, he is the smooth, the smoothest Bond.
0: Yeah, he he's the Bond that I grew up with, so yeah. naturally he's he's number one
1: in my book. That is interesting because most people will be like, "Oh, Connery's the definitive
2: Bond." I hear that a lot, and, and I haven't seen any of those. He's but like, I don't know, he's I like guess my third or fourth favorite Bond.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, he he was the original, and and you know, he he was. Great in the capacity that they needed him for in the films. Yeah. And, and it, truth be told, there isn't a Bond actor that I really disliked. Dalton would be at the bottom of my list, but everyone else, you know, I, I really, really did lot. enjoy them for what they were. And you liked Dalton. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: Because to me, he's the closest thing to Craig in terms exactly, of just being yes, intense. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Moore is at the bottom for me. I liked Lazenby a lot. I mean, he, he was in one movie, but he was great. Yeah. He um, was. And then... I mean, Pierce Brosnan's great, so, and well, that's what we had here.
0: Yeah, as I was saying, Brosnan was the Bond that I grew up with. But on a a, a bigger scale, Goldeneye was really the Bond movie that I grew up mm-hmm. with. You know, um, and I think that for uh, a lot of people our age and our generation, that was kind of the Bond movie. I mean, you had the great N64 game that oh, went yeah. with it.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's my. Prior to today, that was my entire experience of Gold and I was the video game, and throughout watching this movie, you're uh, like, "Why isn't
1: Big Head mode on?"
2: Yeah, what what happened in Paintball mode? When's <laughs> that scene gonna happen where they go in the library and then they just <laughs> shoot each other with paintballs? And no, uh, certain scenes, you know, we would see establishing shots now and go, "Ah, the bunker level." Oh, they're at the dam. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The very first scene, the dam, <laughs> and then I'm like, I know James Bond has to do that epic jump. Uh, or I said, oh, oh, you know, when he has to chase a plane off a cliff, dive into it and fly off, I was like, oh, this one's my favorite level. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny that now I can, you know, the N64 game was so simple, It kind of, you have a context it, for it now. Yeah. I have a lot more context. Cause back in the game, they would just, you would read text on a screen to let you catch up on what happens between missions. And now I'm like, oh, no, I get to see everything, and I know who Natalia actually is, and she isn't she's just some character I can pick. Right. You know? And actually, uh,
1: I want to talk about her. Uh, she's actually, for a movie that came out in the 90s, I think she's actually a pretty good female character.
0: Yeah, she is. Um, I, I think that this movie, more than any of... At least the Brosnan Bonds. This one, I think the Bond girls were pretty spot on. I think Natalia and Xenia were both really good characters, and uh, I re- I really
1: enjoyed both of them. Yeah, whether they were on the top or on the bottom. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Before we get too far, and should we give? Let's give a Shay. Can you give us a synopsis of what happens in this movie, just so we kind of have a larger context?
0: Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, in in Goldeneye in, in this movie, we of course have james bond who's our secret agent star and he uh he kind of has a blast from the past when one of his former agents turns out not
1: to be dead spoiler alert i already said it it's spoiled it's out there i oh, mean we we yeah. do this podcast on the assumption that people are watching the movie or oh, have okay. seen it also so. i
2: played the game so i knew that was
1: coming yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry about spoiling
0: perfect So, uh, yes, he has a blast from the past when a former agent and friend, Alec Trevelyan, uh, turns out to be the secret leader of a crime syndicate. Um, But his plan is pretty devious. He is basically trying to set London back to the Stone Age while also stealing a bunch of money from him.
2: And uh, his motivation is because his parents worked for London for, for the,
0: yeah. So his, uh, his parents were Lance Cossacks. So the, uh, basically the, the history behind that was at the end of the war, they were defecting. They were coming. Yeah, exactly. They were coming over to London, uh, or they, you know, they were coming over to, to England, but, um, they were betrayed and basically sent back to Stalin who had them killed. Right. So that's, that's the the betrayal and kind of the the his driving force yeah exactly the the flavor behind his motivations too um so you know in the beginning we see that travillian at least travillian is 006 he's kind of this agent that's got the one up on bond you know uh he's he's better than him i mean that's that, that's even a line that comes out later you know i was always better and whatnot and he, uh, he has this long con going on this entire time, which, of course, we don't know it until the end. He joined MI6, and something else that we learned in the movie, MI6 knew the whole time. that M16. M16.
2: Hi, I'm head of HR. <laughs> no, MI6. I've
0: been saying it wrong this whole time.
2: <laughs> no, they've been saying it wrong the whole time. It's yeah, M16, is- guys. Let's look, it's a typo.
0: But, yes, of course, we find out, you know, later on what his motivations are, and that leads to the ultimate showdown between him and Bond on the satellite, which is definitely one of my... It's a great
1: scene. It is. Yeah. I
2: have to say, great reveal of the satellite, too, because the uh, American CIA guy says, oh, no, we've never seen a satellite the size of a football field in Cuba. We would know about it. We're always monitoring, and they're flying over the, in the little plane, and I see the lake, and I'm like, oh, it's under the lake.
1: By the way, <laughs> I love... This movie's portrayal of an of American, American guy hey, <laughs> wearing a Hawaiian shirt and just uh, tattoo of a rose on his ass, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: with his ex-wife with on Muffy. The, Muffy, Muffy, Muffy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Stephen, <laughs> I'm 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 glad that you brought up the Lair, uh, you know, the satellite reveal because one of the things that makes Bond movies Bond movies is how cool is the villains yeah. lair? That's always been you know sort of one of the staples in a Bond movie and something that. I really like about Goldeneye is that that satellite reveal is uh, in a, in a way paying homage to uh you only live twice where the villain's Yolt. lair is in a volcano, but of course it's under the lava well it looks like it's under a pool it looks like there's uh you know some sort of uh, pool at the top of the Volcano but upon further Investigation it turns out that that Pool is metal and it just serves as a, a Door that basically slides away
2: Swimming pool, or uh, pool of Yes lava. there's a swimming okay. pool
0: on top of a Volcano because I'm, they were like this is totally
2: Incognito I'm really confused here Is it lava no, it,
0: no just like a pool of water it's not Lava it's like
2: just like That kind of indentation that is a pool It's like I'm so Confused I need to just see the movie yeah
0: you do I, I mean it 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 it, it, the more that you say it, the more I'm like, why would there be a pool in a volcano? But yeah. it definitely
2: <laughs> so it is a swimming pool. It, it, it definitely
0: wasn't lava. It was like, you know, like you I, know what I'm
1: saying. Here. Liquid nitrogen. I don't know. Uh, I'm bad with words too.
0: Okay. Mud. Well, a pool of mud. It it was it was water. Okay. but There was water in the volcano.
2: Okay. That's all I know.
0: But it wasn't water. Was it it an was an active metal.
2: volcano. Was it like a hot spring? That's fine. That makes sense. You'd find a hot spring. It was a hot spring.
1: Ah, there we go. Nailed it. Took took three of us two minutes, but we did it. (laughs) It was a hot spring. We got it,
2: guys. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: But no, that was one of the cool things was, you know, the the villain's lair. And then on top of that, you know, I've already been talking about him so much, but I think Trevelyan really is a very cool Bond villain. And uh, to put it kind of in to 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 put it in a, a reference that you'll get since you've seen skyfall now mm-hmm. he kind of is similar to uh silva uh who's javier mm-hmm. bardem's character in that you know they both worked for this agency they both have connections mm-hmm. uh trevelyan's got his connection to bond obviously silva had his to m i believe right. they're
1: the are they the only two villains villains that had that, that, had that affiliation for MI6?
0: i believe so no. if, if i can remember correctly yes yeah um, and and just having that dynamic uh, where you know you were basically on the good team and then you no longer are and you're out for revenge yeah. that's just it's a cool trope that I like seeing a lot and um, though ironically I didn't particularly like Skyfall yeah. but I thought it was really well done in Goldeneye and uh, that's part of the reason why it's one of the more memorable bo- more memorable Bond movies to
2: me. It makes for a great dynamic, too, because when the villain knows all the hero's tricks, you got to really do something different. I mean, he straight-up grabs uh, Bond's watch, looks at it, oh, newer model, oh, this button, right? Boop. Disarms the Mines. Yep. He knew already what he was going to do. The Mimes? Yeah. The Mimes. Do you remember the Mimes in France that they were performing? Oh, were they in France? Was that where
0: they were?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there were just a bunch of Mimes in that lair. They were were like sneaking up on people and putting them in invisible boxes, but then he disarmed them and the boxes all broke. Yeah, they all fell down. Yeah.
2: The boxes, not the Mimes. They're out there somewhere.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's what the M... Yeah. An M and M one six An ML six. It just, it just for- means 16 mimes. That's the entire organization. M1 six, M1, okay. Mime
0: one six. And, and one it's six. like, you
1: know, you know, you make everyone uncomfortable as the head of HR there, but they can't voice their complaints. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one guy who talks. That's why everybody's so yeah. uncomfortable. I mean, he's breaking the rule, but they all have to act out their complaints. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem. Oh, I've he seen has, like, some horrible he things. He has a suggestion box and they're like, what do I do with this? Can mimes write? Are they allowed
1: to write? I don't think so. They can write with their fingers. In the we're going to change oh. what this episode of the podcast is about. We're just going to get real heavy into miming.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, maybe that's maybe that's who Lyle Longshaft is. Maybe he's a mime from Romania or Albania, and his plan is to, you know, bring together this army of mimes and take over the world. And together they can like box up the earth, or yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to lasso the sun <laughs> close <laughs> in no with an invisible rope. Oh Brilliant. man. That's that's the James Bond I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So yeah, uh you are we brought you on because you are a huge fan of yes, the franchise. Very much so. Uh what would you say are the main points that make a Bond movie a Bond movie?
0: Um yeah. So like I mentioned the you know, the villain's lair is one of the coolest things. Um and the villain itself. So those are two points that I thought were really strong here.
1: All, um, all with some sort of physical deformity.
0: Yes. Um you know, a lot of the uh a, a lot of the really popular or famous or iconic uh, Bond villains have had some sort of physical deformity or or something that makes them really unique. Lechif
1: Silva. Yeah, you yeah. have
0: you have Le Chief with his eye. Um, you've got you know Blofeld with the giant scar and the cat and the yep. suit that he wears. Um, Largo back in Thunderball with his eye patch. Um, Jaws. Jaws, of course. Jaws. Yeah. You know, one of one of the the best villains right there. Odd Job with his hat. Um, there's just always seems to be something about the villains that makes a Bond movie a Bond movie. Of course, in addition to that, you've got to have good Bond girls, which we yeah. did with, with Xenia, Xenia and Natalia. Zinnia was
1: great. She was. She's so good. Because, like, one, she kicks ass and she's ruthless, which is, uh, like, I love seeing ruthless villains that, like, will stop at nothing to get their job done. Because, one, usually that ends up being their downfall, and it's fun to see how that plays out. But, two, it also makes them feel like a very real threat. Yes. Like, she... Genuinely seemed like someone who could kick bombs, uh Bon's ass.
2: Yeah, and it was also really interesting, and I thought kind of funny that she she just gets off on pain too. Yeah, like she's that evil, but it all, it's also kind of funny. Like, yeah, eh. I'm not a hundred. You know, I'm not a doctor.
0: I'm <laughs> not a physician, but I don't know if you can really kill a man like that.
2: What? How she's the like, squeezing, sh- squeezing yeah. their her I don't ribs think you... with? No, I don't <laughs> think you
1: could without interlocking your legs for a counterweight. All I know is that that girl's
0: got some powerful thighs. Yeah. she does. Yes, um, and of course. Uh, so you know, carrying that, on which with...
1: is another great Bond movie, Thunder Thighs. Thunder Thighs, <laughs> the fourth Bond movie, of course. Thunder thighs. thunder thighs. Is that is that for real? Well,
0: Thunderball. Thunderball, Thunderball so. yeah. yeah. But um, you know, c- You're continuing
1: Thunderball. On... Oh no, this, oh, <laughs> this is taking a dark turn. <laughs> But uh, but to kind of you get a point. <laughs> okay.
0: To kinda continue uh, with, you know, what makes a Bond movie a Bond movie. So, you know, you also you always have that that moment where Bond has either been captured by the villain or he's come into the lair or whatnot, and the villain basically spills their plan. You know, you've got um in this one, you know, it's in the the satellite lair with Trevelyan basically being like, Oh, we're gonna well, Bond actually comes across the realization here and Trevelyan confirms it, but realizes that he's going to steal from the bank of London and then set them back to the stone age. Um, you know, you look at other bond movies that have those moments, you know, you've got the classic gold finger with the, the laser and no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And yeah. And so, um, you know, that was done really well. Just, I really liked the dynamic between Brosnan and Sean Bean in this one, just their chemistry was really good. And yeah, Um, There didn't really seem to be a weak link to me in this movie. Character-wise?
1: Yeah, Yeah. character-wise. Boris was like, he was weak, but not like a weak character. Right. He was a weak character.
2: Physically. It makes sense. Yes.
1: yes. Of course. Yeah, he he was a lot of fun, too, just kind of seeing this like kind of ratty little guy. Super
2: nerd guy. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like what all of his passwords are, it's, it's like, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's like a, he's a really creep. fun Yeah, He's addition. like a funny, creepy. Yeah. And he gets like a great death scene because, you know, earlier in the movie, he says, I'm invincible. And then he somehow survives the entire satellite complex yep. exploding. He stands back up again. I'm invincible. And then like the liquid nitrogen you saw earlier briefly, but you know, it's there just. I thought that was great. Brings him back to the ice age. Yes. Yep.
1: That's
0: There's another no trash can there. That, that's another Bond movie I want to see is you Swish.: know, No, them fighting against global warming or the next ice age. <laughs> that's the that's the real villain.
1: I would it, love it's just Bond out on the highway picking up cans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of like half entertain the thought of like, okay, this franchise. How long has this franchise been going since the sixties? Sixties, fifty-three years now. Oh, I thought you were trying to say from the fifties. No. Um, you no, know, I think 53 years because wasn't Skyfall the big 50th Skyfall anniversary? Skyfall was, was 2012, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so 53 years. Like, I'm just imagining. Like, sorry, I, I, Back to the no, Future. No, wait, wait,
0: wait. Skyfall was 2012. 20... 2012. Was it 2012?
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw it when I first moved out here during my semester of UTLA. 2012. Um, wow. I it's been so long. yeah. I uh, I've been thinking about the future since it was Back to the Future Day earlier last week. But I was like, okay, I want to see a Bond movie 200 years from now. Like, what would that be? Because Q's always talking about like, all right, here's some cool gadgets and you see them using cool gadgets. But watching the gadgets in this movie now, I think we, we, we have that now, you know, he's walking around with like mm-hmm. James Bond has this really cool camera binocular thing where he, you know, he snaps a digital picture. And then when he goes into his car, it prints out the picture. And then he also gets a Intel or, or a something from HQ through the radio with instructions from m16 like, from ms6 uh, M, 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 and the uh i was like back then that would have blown people's minds but now i'm like oh bluetooth and you know yeah. printers are easy he's oh. got the fax machine from 2015 oh man yeah. steven i can't wait till you see the bond movie where he goes into space with a moon I, but laser. i know <laughs> that's the thing moon, is that moonraker yeah yeah i want to see that yeah no you don't yes you do <laughs> moonraker's moon no, fun no, I, do. Uh. I know i do um <laughs> Also, that was my favorite gun in the game because it never runs out of ammo. Yep. I was so cheap with that. I never took my finger off the trigger. <laughs> yep. Literally. You're There wasn't I was just walking around. Pew, pew. Um, but yeah. Cool gadgets, though. I really did like that pen thing because that made for a really intense scene. So Q gives him a pen where if you click it three times, in four seconds, it will detonate. And you, you can disarm it in those four seconds by clicking it three more times. Mm-hmm. Uh so what was the nerd's guy? Be- Boris. Boris uh has this tick and it's established throughout the film that he, you know, when he's working on his computer, he just kinda twirls a pen around in his hand. And, you know, through a kind of scuffle, he falls over and hab- then habitually grabs James's pen and just twirls it around, clicks it, twirls it around, clicks it. The scene continues while he tries to hack the satellite back into position and and uh James is looking over and you can see him counting how many clicks it is. And for most of the scene it's two clicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And finally he gets mad Walks over Clicks it three times Then James like Pushes him aside Takes cover The pen explodes I I thought that was Such a great payoff Yeah it was Because everybody's like In the audience Would be looking at that pen
0: At the same time As I was watching I In my head Every now and then When I watch I have to think How exactly does This pen work Mm -hmm. Because he would have The two clicks And then he And then like Two seconds later He'd click it twice again And I was like wait Is Is that that technically Three clicks And then one more Yeah Like and, you know, I, I started thinking while we were watching, what if that is how this pen worked? And, like, Boris is just, like, sitting there at the computer and, and just out of nowhere. We're not expecting it. He just explodes. <laughs> like, it was totally – that, and that would have been a pretty good surprise right there, too. I mean, pretty yeah. pretty gory
2: and – Out and, of the blue, yeah. Yeah, but – when there's already kind of that setup when they first show off the pen, they put it on the dummy, and you say, oh, that pen would blow up a person. Yeah, I was kind of hoping, like, oh, I hope that pen blows up a person. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, also, I find it weird that 006, you know, he looks at James Bond's, like, kind of array of gadgets that they've confiscated, his watch. He takes his watch off because he knows that's a gadget and he's got the pen and whatever else, the gun. I think his passport is probably, I thought that was some sort of gadget, like, when you scan it or whatever. I forget. Uh, and he says, oh, Q is up to his, you know, same old tricks with the gadgets. I thought that was kind of weird that then later when he was clicking the pen, he didn't think to go, no, put that down. That does something. I well, don't know what Yeah, I think
1: he was trying to think of, like, I need to use this to my advantage. He He's being held
2: at gunpoint. No, I'm present. talking about 006, not 007. I forget his right. name. Yeah, Trevelyan. Cause kn- Trevelyan, because we know he knows that's one of Q's gadgets. Well, the
0: thing was, you know, that scuffle happened so quickly that, it could be so easy for to, Force with, to just pick yeah. up that pen and Trevelyan doesn't even notice it. You know, yeah. it, it could, that could be any pen. So, um, I mean, I, I can definitely see a, a scenario in which that would go overlooked. Yeah. Um, Steven, let me, let me ask you, since this was your first time seeing golden and, and I've seen it multiple times, uh, what would, and you, and you can give this some thought if you want, but what would you say was your favorite, part of the movie did you have like any was there anything mm. that stood out to you and Michael you can answer this too nope You don't. <laughs> nothing was
1: your favorite I'm, part I'm kidding
2: oh um, man I got a huge kick out of watching that runway playing on the runway just because I liked the the game but I don't think that would be my favorite as part of the movie that is a great opening scene though yeah. uh, well
1: to me one of the standout things of every Bond movie is how, how good stunt. is that opening yeah. scene yeah. and uh, to me I, yeah I think this is the best one uh i I would probably call that my favorite scene, but there there's so many good yeah. ones yeah so many I, good I love ones. the the fight where Bond finally kills Zenia yeah uh I love uh everything like in the compound at the end where you know' Just pa- like a lot Bond's of the trying to set, infiltrate. a
0: lot of the sets
1: are great too like yeah.
0: the, like the the uh um the Yanis lair in russia it is
2: great you yeah know, the bunker. Where we, yeah.
0: No, not the bunker, but where we see Trevelyan
2: for the first time. Oh, when, and then kind of that statue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love um, the lighting in that. Uh, just to answer your question, I like the scene or it's like the tank. two or three scenes right before the tank.
1: Uh, like, it's cool that tank, he's in a tank. Tank
2: drifting. while he's tank drifting. No, but like, you know, from the section from when he's captured, like right after getting out of the the helicopter Helicopter, and he's in the interrogation room to when he gets to the tank. Cause that's like, to me, what I imagined in bond movie, be getting out of tight situations, you know, and he's got the girl right there. And in this, that made for a good scene. Cause she was kind of, you know, a part of it. She wasn't, I think in the game you have to get her. She's like really annoying. Cause you have to be (laughs) like, don't let her die. But she's pretty competent in the movie. Like you're not worrying about her like you do in the game. Um, And I thought that was fun, you know, and it's also got some cheesy campiness where, you know, you can have like eight Russian soldiers shooting up through a metal grate. They can't hit Bond, but Bond turns around, shoots down through that same metal grate and bullseyes all of them. And I like that's not even a complaint. That's just it's that campiness. It's like, he's the hero. He's of course, he's of course, they're going to miss, you know, and of course, he's going to get them all. It's it's just so much fun. So that's my favorite part.
0: Yeah, that really was a good a good sequence with, uh, you know. Arumov and, and all of his guys, which the thing that even kicked off this sequence, and, and this is one of the, the small complaints I've got. So Dmitry Mishkin is question is interrogating these two mm-hmm. in in that room. And of course he sets Bond's gun down on the table. It's like right in right front in of in it. Reach. Yeah, right. Well, first of all, it's right in reach of Bond. Yeah. So if Bond really were the guy who had stolen this helicopter and was behind all of this. Why would you bond could totally, I mean, yes, there's only one guard in there, but bond could so quickly reach out and grab that gun. And it's, it's loaded. That's yeah. the thing I was in my head when I originally watched this, I was like, there's no way that gun's loaded and that allows a to come in, just pick up the
2: gun and kill Shoot both of them. Exactly. Him and the guard. And, and then that, I, I was, I was thinking the same thing, uh, because clearly bond could have done that because the guard was slow enough to not react. Yeah. And I can assume Bond is even faster. So, of course, he could have easily just boom, boom. Although I did like that scene because then it got the Russian guys on his side, mm-hmm. and which made it kind of unfortunate that they died because, you know, they would have uncovered the whole plot, right. the, whole, the whole con. Kind of a weird complaint I had was there was two-ish villains. There was—what was the Russian general name? Arumov. Arumov. Yeah. And up Trevelyan. And they're kind of working together, but to different ends, it seems. It seems like Arumov kind of wanted to reestablish Russian regime by making it look like there's this war happening and getting everybody mobilized again, you know, destroying a Russian city and then, oh, the Americans must have done it or something. Um, It was just kind of weird to be following one plot and then the other. It made sense, but I, I just have like this weird disconnect and it kind of intersects in that scene because for a while, like, you think, oh, okay. Well, now we, the Russians know that it's like this uh, trick, and then they can go uncover that. But then I wonder if they had done that, uh, Trevelyan would he have still been able to blow up London? I don't. I don't know. Well, there definitely
0: there definitely is enough to make it clear that you know, despite the fact that Trevelyan and Arumov, you know, they do have their their separate goals. Different goals. Their different goals. goals. Um, Arumov is also in on the plot with trevelyan i mean that's why he didn't
2: actually kill him he made it at the beginning sequence they made it look like that yeah Yeah,
0: with the blank and then also when they're on the train that's when you know a lot of this kind of gets revealed which also great scene on the train Um, i I love that line you know i set the timers for six minutes the The same same six minutes you gave me yeah so good um but yeah you know when orumov learns that uh Trevelyan and, you know, his family were Leanne's Cossacks and he, uh, and he, he starts having his doubts and Trevelyan's like, you know, what's true is that in 48 hours, you and I are going to be richer than God. So, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, these guys have been working together the whole time, but Arumov definitely does have that, uh, that cloak of being this high ranking Russian authority Mm -hmm. that... Um and it's like M said when they were doing the debriefing earlier um they overlooked a because he doesn't seem like the kind of person that would commit treason.
2: Right. So because he's such a Russian patriot being a high-ranking military exactly. officer. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Do we uh want to rate this thing? Are there any other thoughts? Good acting. Yep. I always bring up cinematography. I really liked it. Oh, you know what I loved in this movie? The and I guess this is a twenty-year-old movie now, so of course they would use this. But there's so many shots where it's uh, like the plane runway scene when the James, you know, pulled the plane up and he flies off to the next part of the movie. You see the he drifts off. Whoa, wait a second. We were close there. We almost said it. We almost said it. it. But he flies off, uh, and you see the facility blowing up there. It's a miniature and. It's a miniature combined with a matte painting and blah, blah, blah. I just, I miss that style. And we talk about that a lot. But even though I'm looking at it and I know looking at it, that's a model, I can clearly tell it's a miniature. It's just fun because the explosion is real. You can see how it's, I don't know, I, lo- I loved it. And then there's other shots like that, which I really appreciated. So, and then what was the next movie after this, Bond wise? Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies, yes. What? Um, I- Effects wise, did they start using more computers in that or? Cause Uh, I know there's one where it's like really bad, like (laughs) die another day, 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 like what surfing on an avalanche or something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, You
0: you know, you got a friggin' space laser that's, or, you know, it's more like a space cannon. That's just melting
1: everything as well. Everything
2: comes from space in his movies and Brosnan's movies.
1: Well, Bond, there's actually a fan theory that Bond is uh, an astronaut, not, not human. There isn't one, but... (laughs) Well, there is now. There is now.
0: Um, I mean, the other Brosnan bonds... Here's the thing, because GoldenEye definitely had its fair share of camp, but it is far and away easily the least campy of the Brosnan bonds. And Mm -hmm. I think that they get campier the farther you go along. And I'm sure you'll get to see these at some point, but Tomorrow Never Dies, you've got... Uh, this head of a news corporation that's basically creating his own disasters in the world to, um, to, uh, so that his news ratings can go up and then you've got the world is not enough where this the bad guy is basically a Terminator. Like he can't, he can't die. He doesn't feel pain. And, and then of course in die another day, you've got, you know, the worst avalanche, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, space avalanche lasers, surfing and yeah. space lasers, diamond and face.
2: Um,
0: so, oh. effects wise, they definitely yeah. do get more cgi as 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 the series goes on.
2: Okay,
0: yep. One last thing that I did really like about uh, Goldeneye as well is, um, oh my goodness, I forgot his name. He he becomes a recurring character. He's uh, talking
2: about the the CIA guy, or
0: no, he's he's in. Uh, He's in Russia. He's, oh, he's played by Robbie Coltrane. And I'm having Valentin Zukovsky. That's who it is. Um, so Zukovsky is a recurring character. We see him again in The World is Not Enough. But um, just like we were saying, like, the acting's really good in this. I really enjoyed Robbie Coltrane. One of my favorite parts in Goldeneye, actually, one of the parts I think is is really funny is when, uh, you know, he he mentions to one of his minions, he's like, you know, t- uh, tell him you know, whatever the minion's name is, and the minion starts talking and he's like silence Yes. <laughs> like, you know,
2: j- yeah. just there's so so much about this movie that I love. All right. So I move into ratings. Let's do it. Ratings. ratings. Say ratings. ratings. Yes. Cool. Uh who wants to go first?
0: Uh if we're you know, i would I'd give this an A minus. Okay. Um and that said, this is my favorite Bond movie. So any Bond movie that I rate is not going to have higher than an A minus because mm-hmm. I'm I'm judging this on my favorite films as a whole. Yeah, and yeah, I actually which is what we want. Yeah, and 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 though even though uh, you know Golden Eyes at the top, it's it, no Bond movie cracks my top ten in movies in general. So so I give it an A minus. It's my as I said, it's my favorite Bond, and there is so much that I love about it. Uh, of course, a lot of that goes back to the nostalgia factor. It's the Bond that I grew up with, and you know the video game, and there is there is just a lot of love for this movie. Mm-hmm. So I I'd, I'd give it an A
2: minus. I'll go next. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It it this is now my idea of what a Bond movie should be because it has a lot more of the campiness and the fun gadgets and stuff like that. Uh, a really interesting time for this movie because they talk about like you're a, a dinosaur James you know you're from this old era of the Cold War and it was sexist misogynist and blah 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 and kind of watching that I thought of a couple scenes you're, Michael you mentioned like oh this Bond girl is pretty good for the time and I thought yeah for the time because there's also scenes where he's like she's like angry at him and then he just pulls her in for a kiss and oh well okay that's fine let's cut to the end of the sex scene well that's just how sex works oh okay yeah oh that's just a thing she has to be mad yeah Whoops, that's horrible. <laughs> no, yeah, you'd l- watching that now, I'd be like, you couldn't do that in a movie nowadays. Everybody gets on so here. Anyways, um, a couple edit- weird editing things that stood out to me uh, in some of the action scenes, but overall, I'm going to give this movie a B plus. This is my second
1: favorite Bond movie, uh, and it's hard to find that many flaws with it as far as Bond movies go. It's, I mean, it's just so good all around. I love the acting. I love definitely the way that it just fills its role as a bond movie like all the all the things all the boxes you need to check to make a bond movie this movie has and it has them really well so uh i'm gonna echo your rating of 92.5 however i do have one bond movie that i like more so but no bond movie cracks my top 10 as well
2: so is that also an a minus
1: from you that is also an a minus for me which brings our average to an a minus noise i like it yeah so now what? Challenge!
0: challenge. Challenge. All right guys, here's the uh here's the challenge. So and and bear with me. Here's the long setup. So you've got Alec Trevelyan who of course his whole thing in this movie was he was turning on on MI6. This was a long con if I've ever seen it because first of all, he wants revenge because of, you know, uh, the the Brits betraying his parents And sending them back to Russia and Which re- resulted in their deaths And so how does he Get his revenge He joins this He joins M16
1: <laughs>
0: He joins M16 All he becomes, 16 of those mines He becomes a double O Who knows how long that mm-hmm. took And then he goes on this mission Where you know Aruma fires the blank at him And he's presumed dead So he's off the grid now Nine years later is when the rest of this stuff starts picking up. So that had to, you know, it had to have been at least two decades for him to finally achieve this revenge against MI6 and Britain. So my question would be, if you were to play the long con in order to betray somebody, who would it be? And what would your master long con plan be?
2: Who would like to go first?
1: Is is there? Are you guys looking at me because there's pressure on me to do it? Or? I don't know.
2: I'll go first. Well, no it makes no
0: sense for me to go first because right, I'm going to go
2: first because no one else has stepped up to do the it, plate. Uh, my my con doesn't have anything to do with me six or anything. uh This is actually a con I've been. This is just a pure confessional. I'm I'm letting you know what I've been up to for pretty much my entire life. We're all out here in in Hollywood. We're all in the film industry. We know. Well, I'm
1: not in it, but I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: We all know that there's like this, you know, for decades, movie theaters have been struggling. You know, television's taking a bite out of their paychecks. You know, everybody has these nice home theaters. Uh, You know, people aren't going to see movies anymore. So I remember back when I was a kid and I kind of realized the same thing. I could just watch a movie at home on my TV in my living room. And then a thought struck me. I need to fix this. I should have seen this in a movie, but no one's going to see movies in, in, in theaters anymore. So I spent my entire youth and adolescence, you know, working up my grades, doing film clubs, getting into film school. And then from there I moved off into, uh, to Hollywood. And and that's about the first 22 years of my life right there. So 22 years of my life I've spent getting here. And my, my end goal is to make it to where people go see movies in theaters again. And I, I, my, I've been developing technology from way back in the 90s to make this happen. I've just been really refining it. My plan, very similar to the villain in GoldenEye, is to create an, an electromagnetic burst out of people's home entertainment centers to destroy it. People can't watch movies at home anymore. And then, and then they have to go to the, the theaters.
1: Yeah, but what happens when they need like news or if there's like a tornado
2: warning? Not my problem. Not my problem. If they're in a movie theater, they'd probably be safe from a tornado warning. I don't think that's how tornadoes work. I don't think tornadoes avoid movie
1: theaters.
0: Hey, man, if he wants to create a tornado, let him do it.
2: <laughs> I, oh, yeah, that's my other plan. I create tornadoes, and I steer them away from movie theaters. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so the next part of my goal is to now you know, become a major Hollywood film director, and I'm going to encode uh, like a file like in, the, in the video when it goes on to, on to home video that when you play it in your VCR— it will just it'll it's overheat not where people are going to play it it'll overheat the drum in your vcr nope i've been VCR developing is, this for nope. i've been developing this since the 90s it's it's foolproof because we all know vcr's and videotapes work you mean vhs players no yes no they work on magnetic signals so it's going to overheat the magnetic drum and it's going to sh- it's going to shoot out that magnetic signal so i just need to become a film director and then when everyone watches my movies on tape uh you know the golden tape That'll no, destroy their home entertainment. Servers. No one will ever
0: be able to use VCRs yeah, no, again. Their
2: VCRs will be fried and then you so can't really watch So really what movies. this all boils down yeah, to. How are you going to watch a movie without a VCR, guys? All
0: this boils down to is you are destroying. Your long con is basically to destroy every VCR ever created. Yeah.
2: I mean, also your TVs, but your VCR is fried. Like you can get a new TV, but do you know how expensive VCRs were? Were. I used to look at the prices back then and be like, Wow. We're getting one of this these. This is the future. This is the future. I can watch movies at home. Oh, my gosh. All
0: right. What about you, Michael? Or actually, should we assign? Oh, no, points at the end. Yes, points at the end so that I can base it off of. Who did great and yeah. all. So I can make sure I get the most points.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I remember a very specific moment from my childhood. It's actually my first memory I have of one of my uncles, uh, my Uncle Tommy.
0: Oh, my God. You're going to betray your uncle. Okay, sorry.
1: When I was five years old, this is the first time I actually have a memory with him. I walk up to him. I don't really know who he is. He knows who I am, clearly, because he's seen me several times throughout my life, but I wasn't forming memories yet. And He walked up to me, and he said, pull my finger. I like, looked around. I was like, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but okay. And I pulled his finger, and he let out just that wet, juicy kind of fart, and I was humiliated, and it smelled really bad. And, like, everyone in my family was, like, around, and they saw it. And I doubt any of them remember this anymore, but it stuck with me. It embarrassed me in front of my family.
0: He betrayed you.
1: Nobody embarrasses me in front of my family. You want to know what I've been up to with my life? I've trained for years trying to learn to fart on command through trial and error. There was a lot of error. Um, Lots of of accidents, as we'll put it. (laughs) Um, but I've got my technique down and I actually, I, I was so intensive on my colon that I developed Crohn's disease, but you know what? That was worth it. The sacrifices that I have made to be able to fart on command one day, I'm going to get them back. But there's, there's two parts to that plan. Um, Oh, and I also spent a lot of time in Mexico, just like getting used to the types of foods, like figuring out that perfect diet to be able to fart on command. Cause that matters too. um, but being able to fart on command is only half of the battle when I want to get my uncle back. The other half is trying to figure out how to get him to fall for pulling my finger, right? Um, so my first idea was, hmm, maybe maybe I can talk him into being a manicurist and he'll have to touch my hands and then if he pulls on my finger, I'll be able to fart. But I don't think... Uh, he doesn't work very much anyways. Like He's kind of the, the family... Uh, Uh, Screw up, Uh, as evidenced by my first memory of him being pull my finger. Uh, So I don't think he would go into any career, let alone one that involves him having to clean people's hands. So that one's out. Um, I can see the the theme here with, you know, the manicure and Mr. Petticure or whatever your name was. Oh, and my life revolves around fresh nails. Yeah, I can tell. Um, But then I was like, what if I wear just like a lot of rings? Eventually they'll get stuck and I can be like, Hey, uncle Tommy, can you help me get this ring off? Um, but then I realized that I, I have an allergy to sterling silver and I, it's kind of just really uncomfortable to wear rings constantly. Uh, and I don't see them nearly that much. Uh, so for my own fashion sense, I decided to get that one out. Uh, I came up with this weird thumb war technique that once they have my finger pinned, I actually rotate my hand and then it has my index finger and I pull away. But every single time I tried that with him, he knew to release immediately and it was really frustrating. So then I, I finally came up with what worked and that is I have spent 15 years just training my uncle that it is actually socially acceptable to hold hands with your adult grown nephew, uh, whenever you're in public and, uh, one of these days when we're holding hands, I'm going to go in for it, and I'm going to switch it to just one finger with my whole family around, and I'm going to fart on him, and I'm going to get him back.
0: That really is a long con right there. And probably the best thing for me is trying to figure out which pieces of that are actually true because <laughs> I There's not a, not in there. one bit of me believes that that was entirely fabricated. Uh, not one bit.
1: More of that was true than, than not. untrue. Yeah,
0: I was I was I was hoping that, you know, your your plan to get him to pull the finger was you would go just totally. It's a dick in a box strategy and like but it's a, your finger. So he like opens the present and he's like, what? And he tries to like pick it up. <laughs> See, and there that it is, is way Here's better. The thing.
1: Here's <laughs> the thing, though. He is like the master of not falling for things. Nah. Like he, just, I think it's because he's so good at like going for those things that he's like, I've seen every trick in the book, but it's like the only the tricks in the book that don't matter, like yeah. like finger pulling yeah. or like oh you've got something on your shirt and then he flink, like flicks your nose or whatever. I think that he's a, he's a prankster. Yeah, they're not good pranks. He's, he's a classic prankster. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, for mine, so just a little background, you should you should all know that I'm a pretty good settlers of Catan player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually was humiliated, not quite as badly as Michael, but I was humiliated. Uh, you know, this was probably, this actually is a legit long con that is in pro- the, you know, it's, it's in the process of happening right now. And, uh, so I was playing against my friends, Brandon and Bev. I hope that they never hear this because <laughs> they don't know what's coming, but, um, <laughs> something, Developed from one of our games of Settlers of Catan, which I refer to as the Sheep Vendetta. And basically, what happened was Bev found a way to hoard all of the sheep in the game. And there was literally, she had like the sheep port. I'm not Mm going to get into fully how, how you know, the rules of Catan, but she just know she had the sheep port, Steven. She had it. We didn't have the sheep port we were not being beneficial to us. Sevens kept getting rolled. People kept having to discard resources. She had all the sheep, and she would not trade them to me. And I needed sheep more than I've ever needed sheep in my life. So basically, at some point, and she won't know when it is. She won't know when it's coming. Neither will Brandon. But I'm going to play them again in Settlers of Catan. And... I haven't decided yet whether the play is going to be to make sure that they get nothing but sheep, or to or to pull the same the same thing and make sure that the only thing I get is sheep, because then they can't they can't have the sheep. It's it's still in the works.
2: This right? make me oddly hungry for lamb. Does anybody want to get like some some Greek food after this? I'm okay. Euro sounds good to yeah, me. Yeah, Euro would be awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll take all those sheep. Of course, man. though.
0: Of course, though. Once I do pull this off, once I do finally realize this great betrayal, I'm, I you know I need to come up with a line to to cap it off. You know, something like, uh, huh "Looks like I pulled no, the wool over your no, eyes." No, no, no.
1: It's huh, that's too bad for you. Oh no. <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll warm up. Okay. You
0: you you can take the if I steal that from you, you have to take the dick in the box thing though. The finger in the box.
1: <laughs> Those are two very different things.
0: Yeah, okay, yes. I'm not going to yes.
1: fart on my uncle as he tugs on my dick. <laughs> I
2: think oh, that's just man. you humiliated all over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she, he's she like, really, then he was playing the long yeah, yeah, <laughs> time. <lung laughs> <lung. laughs> when he was like, what, two or something. <laughs> oh, man, your uncle's great at this. He wins. Nope. Five points to Uncle Tommy. I refuse to allow that to happen. Actually,
0: actually, you know what? I, I agree. I'll I'll take um, I'll, I'll get in on that five points to, to the uncle. All right. Very nice. <laughs> ask that, him. Uh, that was his long con. Yeah. He's been waiting for years for us to have this
2: conversation
0: yeah. so he could get the points.
2: Yeah. Michael, can and you call up your him. uncle and ask him what movie we're going to watch next week? He's dead now. He, he's and not And with really. that, he's not really.
1: <laughs> dead to me. Oh. (laughs) Steven, I'd
0: I'd also just like to say I want to award you five points because I love the idea of you wanting to destroy something that in no way is relevant to my (laughs) life anymore. And... That's that's the best kind of betrayal is you're basically punishing the people that still use VCR.
2: I do want to there is which Stephen is one of I, by the way, I found a video rental store on Friday night that has like a decent VHS collection. And I got really excited. Uh, but there's also a granted truth in that, like people do. You can put signals on videotapes that like jam up your VCR. So that's just a uh, the next level okay. of that. You know, that's real uh, tech
1: Shay, for your plan. I don't know. Something about all sheep is great. So I'm going to give you three points. Okay, cool. I like it. I dig it.
2: Mm. I'm going to give Shay two points because I need to know a little bit more about Sellers of Catan. And I also oh, wonder who, it who won the game. Like you can't win the game if you have just sheep, right? Or did she already have sheep well, plus whatever else she needed? She, she had the sheep port.
0: Um, so she was, uh, you won't understand this, yeah. but she was basically able to turn her sheep
1: into wood. And I brick. see. Okay. The yeah. port. Okay. I see. That I see. I see. No sense.
2: No, I get it. I know enough to wear it. Yeah. So, uh, Michael, I'm going to give you three points. I thought, I didn't think that was a con worth going for, but I liked all your different ideas of, okay, thumb war and I twist this way, but that didn't work. And then I have this idea, but that didn't work. So for your dedication, you get that, that third point
0: yeah uh, i'm I'm gonna mirror Stephen on this and give you the three points, and mainly because of how w- incredibly well thought out it was, like you have definitely given that some thought um I, I agree with Stephen though I'm not certain that it is a betrayal worth <laughs> pursuing um, especially because part of one of the truths that I believe from that story is that you gave yourself a disease in trying to
1: accomplish it so <laughs>
2: I so think he yeah, I three. think he again the uncle won in that I situation. Know, I <laughs> know. Um
1: I'll take those points regardless. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well that leaves uh Steven at seven, Shay and I both at ten. Uh normally the way it works is the guest doesn't get to pick anything, but let's co-pick our next movie.
2: Okay. One, two, three, and the pick is, is... one, two, three. Uh, Zeno Royale. Wow. Well, we were on what the look same at of that happening? Man. Of all the movies of Every out movie there. in existence. Wow. Perfect. So, I so, like it. More Bond. More Bond. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, Shay, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what projects uh, you have that people might be interested in checking out? Yeah, definitely. So
0: I am a movie trailer editor um, out here in LA and uh uh, I've, I've, I've got a couple good ones. Um, recently the poltergeist international trailer, um, which is, uh, the one that starts with the shot of the power lines in the field, not to be confused with the domestic one. Cause that's the one, the only one that it seems like people have seen
2: or power line, the singer from a goofy movie.
0: Yes, that is. Oh my
2: God. We got to watch a
0: goofy movie at some point. <laughs> um, and then, uh, the trailer for ice tastrophe, Is definitely one of my favorites that I've gotten to work on. It's the movie is as bad as it sounds like it would be. (laughs) The trailer is a lot of fun, particularly the part where it looks like they're shooting the storm with a shotgun.
2: Oh my gosh. I need to see this movie. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We need to get a movie night for that. Yeah. So again, that's uh, the poltergeist international trailer and the ice, the trailer for ice Tastrophe. Nice. Um, Do you have any social media people should follow you on? Anything you want to shout out to? Uh, I do not. I mean, I have a Twitter, but I don't post on it. So
0: that would be your loss for following me. Oh, man.
2: Well... Uh, thank you guys for listening to our uh, podcast. I have something to plug. Oh, Michael, what, what are you doing? I
1: wrote, directed and produced a, uh, comedy sketch this past week. It'll be out on later this week, Friday or Saturday. Uh, it's Halloween theme. Check it out. Uh, yep. not
2: entirely sold on the name yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, check it out. It'll be Hyper on Hyperdrive. Drive. Pictures. It'll be up. We got two skits coming out this week that you, you'll, you'll like, um, yeah, I have to say I was on that production. It was really, really impressive. Michael, you blew it out of the park there. And also, uh, Shay, you're the only one who can appreciate it because you're in the room. But he redressed his entire apartment to be a haunted house. Yeah, he was telling me about that yeah. earlier. And so where I, we're I podcasting now. Yeah, awesome. yeah, that's where he was stabbing people in the, in the, yeah, it, it's really cool. I was actually probably standing right where you are right yeah. now. Oh, nice. And, and it's the... so funny because it, like when you divide your apartment up like that, it seems way bigger. And I'm looking at the space. I'm like, man, we fit a lot of people in here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FUA Rock Podcast. Send in your thoughts on the movies we're watching. Next week, it is Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Send your thoughts into our Twitter or FUA Rock at gmail.com or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash from under a rock. Give us a rating
1: on iTunes. A, a good one.
2: Yeah. Do yeah. It. it. Helps us out. And yeah, that's everything. I'm at Stevens read on Twitter. I'm at
1: touch, pro and I'm just Shay Jones. Yeah, you're just Jones. I'm just Jones
2: back to the full circle there. All right. Thanks for listening to from From under a rock. Rock. You didn't say it along with us. Like, do
1: you even know the name of the podcast? I got the
0: CK on there at the end. Come on, give me a break from under a
1: rock.
2: Yeah.